0: been slaves for our entire lives up to the point when Christ graciously came into our lives, cleansed us, made us new, remade us. We've been slaves up to that point because you and I had no choice but to act on every single sinful sinful thought, desire, word, deed. We just acted on all this stuff because we were slaves to sin. We've been freed from that. Find the truth of you and the truth of salvation and your plan that you started from the beginning. We know that when Adam and Eve fell in sin, that you on that day said that there would be an offspring that would crush the head of Satan. And we stand on this side of the cross today so grateful for what you have done. And Lord, we know that this is not the end, that you have a great work of sanctification for each one of us in our lives And we open our hearts to that this morning, asking that you would speak to us in that way that to us seems mysterious. But we know that all things are in your hands. We trust you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. James 1, 27. Read it with me. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Announcements? Get a fridge hanger. All the announcements are on there. Get a fridge hanger. It's nice and convenient. Everything you need to know about what's happening in the month of September is there. And I know that I'm two weeks in now, a little late getting there. I apologize for that. But here we are. Here we are. James 1, verses 22 through 25 An exciting passage in many regards, and in the same time a very confrontational passage. It says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Three points today. Don't deceive yourself. Very, very, very important. Don't deceive yourself. Look at the word as it is. Persevere in acting on it. Don't deceive yourself. Look at the word as it is persevere in acting on it. Is anyone able to tell me what the chief complaint is from outsiders against the church today that the church is full of hypocrites. hypocrites? Hypocrisy is the chief complaint of not only believers, but unbelievers. Everybody thinks that we're sitting in here and we're a bunch of hypocrites. I can't tell you how many people that I sit and talk with that tell me that they will not come to a service in a church because they don't want to sit among a bunch of hypocrites. By and large, what people say is the person that they see in church Sunday morning is not the person that they work with Monday morning. The person they see Sunday morning has their glory hands on, has their glory voice on, and then Monday morning is back to business as usual. By and large, this ought to be a punch to every one of our stomachs. It really should. Because the chief reason that people don't want to come in here and participate in worship with us It's because of us. It's because of us. Because of every person that bears Christ's holy name. Every person that walks around, be it whether they're true or nominal, with the name Christian. This means that this complaint ought to hit home for every single one of us because they're talking about who? Us. Uh, Let's be a little bit more personal with that. They're talking about me. Say it. They're talking about me. That's hard. And what immediately comes to our mind is we go to the defense. No, you don't. No, you don't. We come up with 101 reasons why they are wrong about us personally. But God's word is going to confront us each this morning. Each one of us. About our own hypocrisy. With this cutting truth. Three applications it calls us to. Three things we've got to do. Don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Second application, look at the word as it is. And he's going to tell us how the word is. And point number three, persevere in acting on it. So point number one, do not deceive yourself. This is a particularly difficult point. It is. not going to lie. I'm going to be totally honest with you this morning. This is a difficult, difficult point point because all of us every single one of us are pros at self-deception the easiest person for us to trick is us because we can repeat the same thing again and again and again until we believe it all people are pros at self-deception as controversial as this truth may be we live in a world that's grown quite comfortable with self-deception people are happy to deceive themselves They're happy to go about sharing their truth and how they feel and how they perceive reality. And if they can lie to themselves and if they can trick themselves, maybe other people will believe the lie too. If I only believe the truth about myself, that I am who I want to be, then I can be that person. So we've become, in this strange generation, reinventors of ourselves overnight. You don't like who you are? Morph it. Change it. We spend so much of our day doing this. But the truth is, when we deceive ourselves, then this is true, we must skew the truth. We have to. We have to stretch the truth to conform to our current mode. Just to say that another way, truth often brings discomfort in order that we might conform to it. Truth often brings discomfort in order that we may conform to it. Think about this for a second. A two-by-four, if that was a living being bringing the truth, the measuring tape up against it is going to result in its discomfort in it being made true. We are not changing the tape measure to suit the two-by-four. We are changing the two-by-four to suit the tape measure. We are using a rule as our guide. Those who deceive themselves must conform their present reality to the truth. No. No, they must conform the truth to the reality, right? I just have to make what's true change so that what I am is the truth. I just have to change and morph what people believe enough so they can see and accept this thing that I believe So we need to pay particular attention to what we're talking about here because we may be tempted to get self-defensive about spending our habits or weight loss or particular hot topics on the news. We don't need to go there just yet. First, let's just examine the Scripture and then we have a foundation upon which to build our argument. That's how all of our arguments must be built upon the foundation of God's Word. Amen? Look at what it says here. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves strong words from God this morning this is where we get the first point don't deceive yourself okay great we know what not to do but how does that happen so let's consider these words this morning to us and then let's get very practical but be doers of the word and not hearers only James is not pointing us to two activities. Everyone needs to see this. These are not two verbs that he's talking about here. He's not talking about doing and hearing. He's talking about two different types of people. People that are doers and people that are hearers. He's talking about two separate sorts of people. And this is where it gets very, very practical. Two sorts of people, doers and hearers. So let me ask a practical question. Does that mean that doers do not hear? And all God's people said, no. No, doers definitely hear because they are acting on what they've heard. So the problem is not necessarily with the doers. The problem is with the hearers. This is a particular type of people that listens to sermons, reads devotionals, reads their Bible, but does nothing with it. Does nothing with it. They're happy to have their ears tickled on Sunday morning with an interesting sermon. They're happy to turn on David Jeremiah on the radio and listen, but do nothing with the application. Nothing. See how James is exhorting believers here. This is for believers. He's not talking to a bunch of unsaved people. This is for the church. In the church, there are people that only listen and do nothing with it. And in the church, there are people that listen and do something about it. In the church, there are these two types of people. So before we start pointing the finger and saying, well, he's talking about Christians and non-Christians. No, 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 no. This is for Christians. This is for Christians. This is for you and I. See how he's exhorting us this morning. They are believers, but their faith never works itself out practically. The abundant life for the future is in their sight. It's in the sight of all Christians. Oh, that one day we'll be removed from these bodies which are failing us every single day and be brought into glory. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're hoping for. But did Christ promise abundant life only for the future? No. No. And we're going to go more deeply and examine this type of person in just a moment. The person that only hears, but uh, for just a second, notice who is fooled by the hearers. You. Me. When we listen to what God's word says and do nothing with it, and we walk away feeling all puffed up and strong, who are we lying to, everyone? Us. That's it. Ourselves. That's it. We are the only one that's buying into that hogwash. We're the only one that's buying into that nonsense. God says, don't deceive yourself. Be a doer of the word and not hearer only. Deceiving yourself. Don't deceive yourself. The only people we trick is ourselves. It's like staring at a picture of the sun in a science journal and thinking we're going to get a suntan. We have no exposure to the actual sun. We've... Looked at a picture and we wonder why this is not working for us. Why are we still pale as snow? I know many of us have done this. We have bought a treadmill or a particular piece of equipment and we put it in the room we spend the most time in. Why? Because we think that somehow, some way, somehow now things are going to change and I'm going to get into shape. The problem is when that treadmill sits there and dries clothes, it's doing not what it was intended to do. And we never see any change in our lives. If you sign up for debt counseling courses, as a matter of fact, you can attend them all. You can have a PhD in debt counseling. But if you aren't putting it into practice, it will change what? Nothing. It will change absolutely nothing. See, we lie to ourselves all the time. We fool ourselves all the time people come over to our house and they see the treadmill covered in clothes and that things haven't changed for us and they know who we're lying to people see us constantly checking our bank account on our phones to make sure there's enough money to clear a check that we just wrote and they know who we're lying to the only people we deceive is ourselves how often is this the case in the bible Now I'm moving into the actual passage. That was just to make a point about this happens all over the place to everyone. Now to get a little more clear about what the Bible's teaching here. How often do we hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and never act on what we're hearing? We open up God's word and we're studying and we're reading and we're looking at all that he has to say. And oh, I'm glad I got my fill of scripture this morning. It is It's like taking a piece of chocolate, putting it in your mouth for just a taste, and then spitting everything out before you ever swallow it. It's pointless. If we eat our meals like that, we will die. Amen? If you put the food in your mouth and spit it in the garbage can before you ever swallow it, you will not last very long. That's what we do with God's Word all the time. We're hearers. We never act on it. You can listen to all the sermons in the world, but if you never put the truth of God's Word into practice, who are we fooling, everyone? Ourselves. Because we're lying to ourselves. And the worst part about the whole thing is we believe it. We believe it. We set up these strange set of goals. I'm going to do this this week, and this this week, and this this week. And don't do any of that stuff. And we've taken God's Word and all that has been put into our heads and into our hearts, and we set it aside and go about our everyday life the only person that we're fooling is us. So what's interesting about this is the amount of hogwash that we are willing to invest in and put into practice instead of God's word. We'll buy self-help books, meal plans, new clothes that are supposed to look more in shape shape our bodies as though we're more trim. We buy and try a can of black tar that's supposed to seal the bottom of a screen door. Did no one else see that commercial and know that thing was false? I cut the bottom of this boat out, I put the screen door in here with caulk, and now I'm going to spray this black goop on here, and you're not going to sink. Who's first? Not me. Not me. We buy into the nonsense, though. But God's word remains, for many believers, a selfish help book that has truth we need to hear but no right to direct our lives and so we hear a lovely sermon on the radio in church and it's it's a lovely sermon on the love of god and the free gift of eternal life and our heartstrings are tugged and we feel good as our position as christians yes i made the right choice yes I knew with all these choices, this one was the one, and we're pumped up and we go away feeling good. We walk away happier with ourselves, and then we lie to ourselves and comfort our wrecks of lives with no application. We walk up and say, good sermon, pastor, this is what I really needed to hear this week. What I really needed to hear this week. And what a good pastor really should say is, that may be what you need to hear, but it's also what you need to do we all need sermons like that that tell us about the love of God I'm not condemning those sermons we need it, we need that truth God loves you particularly, God loves you as an individual, he has placed his love upon you he has chosen you in Christ, before the creation of all things we need to hear sermons like that but it has to change something so the question is what do those sermons motivate you to do do you treat people better were you more generous loving kind throughout your week did you help someone who was down on the luck did you pray with someone who needed help was your love any more authentic if the answer is no then you spent a half hour getting your ears tickled and doing nothing with it does that mean that God's word returned void absolutely not scripture says that will not happen God's word does not return void we do God's word does not return void. We do. Because we heard all this stuff. And it did nothing. We're supposed to live such good lives that people have to lie to bring a charge against us. But if God's word is only getting to our ears, we have a serious problem. And scripture says the problem is self-deceit. So let's look a little bit closer at the doer, just for a moment. A little bit closer at the doer First, look at the wording. I used to believe that this passage was uh, talking about God's word as a mirror, but it definitely is not. God is going to describe his word, but for now he continues to describe the hearer. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he was like. So a mirror is something that we all look into and everyone did this morning. And it shows you what you look like. So God's Word is not a mirror because God's Word doesn't show you what you look like now. God's Word shows you what you should look like. And by the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we see that we need to make some changes. We need to make some adjustments. We are like that two by four that needs to be brought into the truth and made into the true reality. God's Word shows us not so much who we are but who we are to be it reveals your heart it reveals my heart it reveals our disposition as well as our position in Christ but if you only hear and don't do what it says then you are like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror so break that down for a second so this is not a man who's been in a car wreck who is now unrecognizable from what he was yesterday this is not a man who's undergone some sort of plastic surgery where now his cheekbones are higher and his face is tighter that's not what we see here because this man looks intently at his natural face. The face that he's seeing today in the mirror is the same face that he's seen all of his life. Notice this isn't a boy, this isn't a teen. He's like a man. This is someone who is an adult, someone who has looked in the mirror for a long, long time. He knows what he looks like. Look how he looks. He looks intently, with intention, with intention. He's looking with intention at the word, excuse me, at his natural face in a mirror. He wants to look for something. He's looking for something. This guy would know his freckles, his scars, his birthmarks, his poorly grown facial hair. Whether he's bald or whether he's hairy. He knows what to look for. This is his natural it's not the guy in the accident it's not the guy with his NFL war paint on Sunday evenings God's word is not a mirror because it does not reflect back yourself it shows you who you're intended to be it shows you how to be like Christ point number two the next two are short I know this service is a little bit longer than usual look at the word as it is Look at the word as it is. This is so vitally important. We all need to do this more, regardless of where we are. If we've been a Christian for six months, ten years, fifty years, look at the word as it is. The one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If you do not have a proper view of God's Word, you will not read it. If you do not have a proper view of God's Word, you will want nothing to do with it. You will have no reason to look at it. James offers two truths about God's Word that fly in the face of this type of idealism. There is a contemporary view of Scripture. I want to look at two contemporary complaints that we've all heard. Everyone in this room has heard these two complaints. And then we're going to look at this passage and see how it flies in the face and gives an answer. Why doesn't Scripture appeal to the modern mind? Complaint number one. It isn't relevant to our time. It isn't relevant to our time. It is archaic. Times have changed. And while we can appreciate the sentiment of the Bible, we can't take it seriously. Come on now. Reaching into a fish's mouth to pull out a coin? A man surviving three days in the belly of a fish? A talking Donkey, angels, demons. I mean, the whole thing seems quite poetic. Could this thing possibly be real? Men, dead and raised to life. This is a book that's full of flaws and full of problems. If you have not heard this argument, put up your hand. Everyone has. Everyone has. Second complaint. God's word restricts me from living how I want to. This is a very popular one. God's Word's too constricting. Its rules and restrictions and demands are more than I can give. It sets me up for life as a nun or as a monk, a life that I do not want to live. I want to live the life that I have now. I've already plotted my course. This is the life that I want to live. God's Word constricts me. So if this is how we view God's Word, as having no power or authority, or as wanting to have ultimate power or authority, and putting some restriction on us, we'll never read it. It's no wonder that statistically most Christians only read their Bible Sunday morning. Because who wants that? Who wants to hear stories that make no sense because it's things that don't happen today? Who wants to hear more rules, more things we need to change, more things we need to do? If this is our view at any point throughout our day, we're in trouble. The Holy Spirit clearly gives us two descriptions here. Two beautiful descriptions That these ideals are false. Notice first, the one who looks into. The one who looks into. This is a person that is actually making a point about looking into. Not a surface scratching, not a surface scratching, but actually looking into. This is what's happening. Second, notice the description the perfect law. Does everyone see that? The perfect law. This law is perfect. Perfect. Hold on a minute. So that means all that hogwash about being dated and archaic and having nothing for today, that stuff is just hogwash? Yes, it does. Because what does perfect mean? Perfect means without flaw, without error, complete. This is what God's Word is. Without error, without flaw, it is complete. If there is error in our relationship to the Bible, the error is not in the Bible. The error is in you and the error is in me. Amen? If there's error in our relationship with God's Word, it's not because God's Word is flawed, because God says His Word is, say it, perfect. It's perfect. You and I are not perfect. You and I are not perfect. But God's Word is. God says His Word is perfect. Everyone see that? God's Word is, say it, perfect. If you and I believe that God's word is perfect, we would have a greater desire to read it. Notice, thirdly, it is the law of liberty. The law of liberty. This flies in the face of the nonsense about restrictions. If we believe that God's word enslaves us, there is but one explanation. And only one. If you and I believe that God's word is so constricting that it will enslave us, there's one explanation. We love sin more than we love God's word. We want more to hang on to the person we were than change into the person that God desires us to be. We love sin more than God's word. Is God going to call us to transformation and change? Absolutely He is. Absolutely. Friends, that's not enslaving. That's freedom from slavery. We've been slaves for our entire lives up to the point when Christ graciously came into our lives, cleansed us, made us new, remade us. We've been slaves up to that point because you and I had no choice but to act on every single sinful sinful thought, desire, word, deed. We just acted on all this stuff because we were slaves to sin. We've been freed from that. God's word liberates us by expelling lies and giving us truth. It's the law of liberty. If this is the view that we have of scripture, we will be infatuated with it. Everyone in here has been in love. It is like being in love. If your view is that God's law is perfect, that it is the law that frees us, that gives us freedom, we will be in love with it. We will want to have more to do with it. You will be a Psalm 1 believer. A tree that is planted by streams of water that will bear fruit in its season. Lastly and quickly, last point, so vitally important, persevere in acting on it. Persevere in acting on it. The one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, that's a hard word, perseveres. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. With persevering in what we hear, faithfully doing, we are promised something here. He will be blessed in his doing. We're promised blessing. The Hebrew word for blessing is barach which means to be elevated, to be lifted up, to be brought from one point to another. God's going to do this for you. God's going to do this for me when we become doers and not just hearers. This is what his scriptures say. God wants us to be lifted up from the life we are in now and lifted to another level, from glory to glory. He wants us to be changed, varying degrees of glory. God is going to continue to do this through our sanctification. It's his will To bless us. But what do we have to do? We have to persevere. I love this term because this shows us exactly what it is to be a doer and not just a hearer. You have to persevere. Think about the person at the bottom of the mountain that wants to climb up to the top. You have to persevere. You have to persevere. Think about that person that pops their treadmill into their living room. In order to make anything happen on it, you have to persevere. The person that is a million dollars in debt in order to get out of debt doesn't need to claim bankruptcy. What do they need to do? Persevere. Get their way through it. Figure things out. Perseverance is exactly how we obey and how we hear and how we do. And the word perseverance promises us, every single one of us, that there's a struggle. And that's why it's difficult for us to make any progress in our Christian life. Because we want to just do the bare minimum. Okay, God, I'll do this, but just don't make it hurt too much. We're like a stone. Sometimes the crafter, the artist, sculptor, needs to take off large chunks. Sometimes he needs to just do a little bit of finesse, some fine, small changes. It's our job to persevere. It's to overcome. It's to resist the current and to do it even under pressure. And perseverance is a lost art in today's world because when things get hard, we quit. And people are okay with that because you can say, well, that's my truth. My truth is that didn't work for me, so I'm going to try something else. Wrong. Wrong. We're to persevere. We're called to persevere. To persevere is to press on the face of adversity. It's obeying God's word even when it's hard. It's, it's tithing as a part of worship even when you're broke. It's showing kindness even to those who don't deserve it. It's walking away from conversations that you and I have no reason to be a part of. It's turning the television channel when your conscience calls you to because what's on should not be entering your mind. It's speaking a kind word when wrath consumes you. It's bearing with an annoying person and communicating with God through prayer and his word even when you have no time to it's putting God's word into practice even when it's hard it's uncomfortable and even when it makes a weird air in the room for us to stay have you all been there where like when you obey God's word to a certain degree it's kind of weird for you to stay in the room because everyone's looking at you and uncomfortable it's part of perseverance so there's no promise in scripture that the Christian life will be easy there's no promise that being obedient to God's word will be easy no that's not there As a matter of fact, Christ tells us that the easy way leads to destruction. Broad and easy is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow and hard is the path that leads to life. See, our lives here in this place give us no promise. God's word gives us no promise that things will be easy for us. None. Scripture doesn't give it. We can't give it to each other either. So many Christians out there are preaching that the Christian life will be easy. Churches out there are preaching this and they're wrong and they're full of people who are not true converts because they believe that now they're going to be blessed they can name it and claim it. Perseverance does not undo the gospel. It is for those who have already placed their faith in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins and eternity with God the Father. It doesn't undo the gospel. No. It doesn't undo or add any work to the cross. It adds to your sanctification and my sanctification, and blessing is when we obey. But everyone listen up because this is important. God will bless you. He says He will. He says He will bless you. I want everyone to just focus, just for a moment as we're closing here on the conditions of the blessing because it is conditional. I pray everyone sees that this morning. The blessing here is conditional. Do you want to be blessed? All God's people said yes. But it's conditional. You and I have to do something. It's against the name it and claim it. It's the do it and claim it. When are we blessed everyone? In our doing. In our doing. In the moment of perseverance. In the moment when you and I are acting on what we hear, what's God doing? It's a blessing. Oh, He's blessing us. God wants to elevate us from the place where we are into a better place. That's what He wants for you and me. He wants us to be in that place. Let's pray together.